You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. The mandatory Samson podcast coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, everyone. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined today by my great old friend, Joseph Nelly. Hi, guys. Oh, all right. We're also uh, being produced today by John Fatigate, the uh, the best in the business. Thanks, Thanks for John. Uh, welcome to the program, everyone. Um, I think we got a nice show lined up today, Joey. We nice. got a lot of stuff we're going to get into. Um, you're actually going to start the show today. Fantastic. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Uh, you're going to start it w- with this uh, WDBJ shooting in uh, Virginia yesterday, which yes. we have a lot of information about that. You're going to kind of give the background, and then I have some clips and like some supplemental facts that we're going to get into. Uh, we're also going to cover some climate change and a great clip of Carly Fiorina, who's like the new uh, Republican darling, basically. Oh, uh, she really? Yeah, she was being interviewed by Katie Couric, and she, uh, er- she talked for four minutes. Uh-huh. Literally everything she said was false. Oh. So I have, uh, you know, facts to contradict her, which we haven't done in a while, which I think is going to be really fun. Yes. I have to give credit to Vox.com. That's where I saw the clip and I saw some of, like, the factual stuff. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, there's no way that any of this is true. They broke it down and I have kind of like the way that they broke it down. Fantastic. We'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll contrast what she has to say. Um, I also have some stuff to say about the Iran deal Mm -hmm. uh, and the AP. The AP put out an article this week um, that seemed like a bombshell kind of thing to shut the the deal down, basically. Uh, It wasn't true. We're going to get into some of that. And there's also um, another kind of misnomer that's floating around that people are using as a rationale for voting against the Iran deal, which is untrue also. So we're going to break that down. Does that have anything to do with the number 24? You know what, Joey? Yes, it certainly does. It has to do with the number 24. Very good. Nice. Uh, We're also going to get to Black Lives Matter, their campaign zero. They have a, uh, like last week, we showed the clip of Hillary Clinton talking about how you don't change hearts and minds, you change policy. Yes. And you change systems. Well, they put out a a pretty comprehensive plan, a 10-point plan of things that they would like to see changed. Um, that I think would actually make a difference. So that's policy that they're yes. actually putting out there, which is really cool. We'll get into that. Uh, a Caitlyn Jenner update. Uh-oh. Which is something we talked about when this all first went down. Yes. Uh, we have an update about it. Pretty interesting. And a story that I was kind of like sitting on for the last few weeks because it just didn't fit in. It didn't yeah. make sense to talk about it. But now that we're going to bring up uh, something about her, I have something else that's interesting and kind of gross uh, about her and about her people that represent her. Gross? Yeah. I'm not going to say more than that. Okay. That's just okay. A, that's a little tease, it's as we tease. call it in the business. Uh, we have a little bit of a 2016 update, and if we have time, mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking had some very interesting stuff to say about black holes, but I, I don't think we're going to have time to get to that. We could always do it next week. Okay. Um, all right. You can start in a second. You also have a fuck-up of the week at the end. Yes, I which do. I'm excited about. You told me. It sounds like a pretty stupid one. Yes. Uh, I just want to promote the donate button uh, before we get into the okay. whole thing. If you guys want, like I mentioned last week, uh, we're, we're setting up donate buttons on all the podcasts here at Stand Up New York Labs. If you feel like supporting the show, if you want to uh, you know, contribute that way, we, we love everything that you guys do with the comments and the emails and all the support, so don't feel obligated. But if you want, you can go to StandUpNewYorkLabs.com, go to the entertainment section, you find the Mandatory Samson Podcast logo, you click on that, and you'll find a little donate button, and you can uh, donate whatever amount of money uh, pleases you. And if you do donate as a little bonus, 
we will send you some mandatory Samson podcast stickers that I had made up. Nice. I had like a thousand made up for like forty bucks. They're really nice. So you guys can put them all over the place. That's it. That's yeah. the whole story. So all right. Uh, Joey, why don't you get this thing cracking with the uh, the shooting that took okay. place yesterday? A little background. So two journalists, reporter Allison Parker, 24, and cameraman Adam Ward, 27, were shot dead on live TV. The event took place 6.45 yesterday near a shopping center at Bridgewater Plaza in That was a.m. they were doing that? Yes, in the morning. Oh, wow, okay. The shooter was Vester Lee Flanagan, an ex-co-worker of theirs from the station WDBJ7. Right. Mr. Flanagan was filming as he approached Allison Parker and Adam Wong. Do you, do you know what his, uh, his that wasn't his, his screen name. He went by his journal name was Bryce Williams. Yes, I have that later on if you oh, just okay, I'm sorry. didn't interrupt me. It would be great. I, I, I'm impressed with your it's work okay. on that. Go for it. He also shot Vicki Gardner who was the person that uh, Allison was interviewing. She was from the Regional Chamber of Commerce. She lived. Yes. Okay. After surgery. Would you want to play the clip now? Uh, yeah, we have the... Uh, I mean, obviously, if you guys are watching on Daily Motion, you can go to uh, dailymotion.com. You can type in Labs Live, and you can watch the show stream live every uh, Thursday around 4 o'clock. We're, we're starting pretty close to on time today, which is great. You can also go to standupnewyorklabs.com. I mean, dailymotion.com slash standupnewyorklabs. You can watch the full, ver- you know, the, uh, the full version mm-hmm. of all the podcasts that we do. So if you're watching... You know, you'll see the video. Otherwise, you can find it, I'm sure. But this is the point of view video. And this is what's really uh, surreal and kind of creepy about this whole situation. This guy, uh, Vester Flanagan, showed up with a GoPro or some kind of like body camera and filmed it. It looks like if anybody's played uh, a video game. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like, you know, I mean, it's not obviously the uh, an alien planet, but you can see the gun in first person. You can really see how this thing uh, develops. It's very surreal. So, yeah, let's watch the video, Joe. And if you want to make any comments, obviously, as we're watching it, uh, Mm -hmm. feel free to do that. We do have a lot of other. I I brought like some supplemental stuff about mass shootings and uh, some different like Fox clips that we can, you know, but anyway, but let's watch the video real quick and then we can uh, get into that stuff. This is like 50 seconds if you guys are playing along. So he's walking up. Yep. You can hear them given the interview process. Yeah, he's he's fo- the crazy thing is like he's zooming in and out. He's focusing the camera yeah. on these people. It's three people, you know, just standing in like a little triangle interview camera and the person they're interviewing and it's uh man, it's fucking creepy. God, he man. whispers bitch, pulls out yeah, the gun. Yeah, he whispers bitch like a fucking total creep, obviously, about 19 seconds into the video. Now the gun is just pointed at them. It, it's so, uh, there's so much tension there because if they had just noticed for a half second, maybe they could have moved. Yeah. But, Jesus. He puts it down. Yeah, he's standing there. I mean, he's thinking, should I do this? Should I do this? And he. Oh, yeah. He didn't think long enough. No, he didn't. Oh, there you go. That is such a that is such a brutal video. I, I was watch. I showed it to my girlfriend this morning because I was talking about what I was yeah. going to talk about on the show, and she was like, "Well, why? You know how?" She was like, "How didn't they notice that he was there? Like, oh, she ran away after. So how did she die?" We're so used to, and I think we've talked about this in a lot of shootings. We're so used to seeing how it goes down in a movie. Yes, where it's like this kind of epic thing. As soon as a gun is drawn, everybody, you know, like. No, but they're paying attention to what they're doing. Yes. They didn't notice. And, you know, it, it took a couple of seconds. It's like the Walter Scott video where he gets shot eight times in the back. He's still running, but yes. he's, he's going to die. We, we see him get shot. That's, that's a really disturbing uh, video. And to also the way everybody's standing, they had no idea he was coming now. And you're right. trained 
to not pay attention to all the people around you anyway. That's exactly what I said, sir. I was like, they're professional journalists, yes. or, you know, the news people. They they are probably used to people always being around when they're shooting, you know, when they're filming, not being shot yes. at, obviously, but there's usually people spectating, so. Mr. Flanagan had mm-hmm. sent a fax that was 23 pages long to ABC News in New York, right. which stated that his anger was bearing steadily. Right. Now, within the facts, it stated that this was retribution for the Charleston shootings that took place earlier that year. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I have a clip from Fox News. It's like two minutes. We'll we'll watch it and we kind of break it down. It's Gretchen Carlson. She's interviewing. I forget who she's interviewing, but I guess it's a guy that like kind of, you know, is a criminologist or something. He kind of like specializes in mass shootings. and, And she brings up the question. Obviously, you know what the angle is on Fox, but they're saying, why isn't this considered a hate crime? And it's an interesting question, whether it matters, whether the answer matters or not. I don't know, but I just think it's an interesting discussion. So do you want to play that clip? Yes. Okay. So let's play this clip of Gretchen Carlson talking on Fox News about this. And then we can kind of discuss the idea of of a hate crime. Because this guy's black. They're two white people. And he does mention, like you said, in the manifesto, he brings up the Charleston shooting. He brings up, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff. Well, because also within the facts itself, you know, 23 pages is huge. Yeah. He also claims... Well, these fucking people always write these like random... Oh, yes, I know. You know, (laughs) nonsense manifestos, but... Uh, he claimed that he was sexually harassed and faced racial discrimination. Right. So maybe it is a hate crime. Well, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't think it matters ultimately. I think it's just an interesting question. And, and it's weird that they, you know, of course, you know why Fox is bringing that up. Because if this was the other way around, yes. I think a lot of people on the left would be saying, you know, this is a hate crime. The Charleston shooting, I think, was considered terrorism and a hate, you know, mm-hmm. hate crime. So it's worth putting out there, but I, I ultimately don't think it matters one way or another. It's a, it's a crazy person, uh, lashing out yes. at people. Um, but there was a history with this guy that he had anger issues that he would mm-hmm. fly off the handle and, but he did allege some kind of bias against him. So to totally dismiss that just because it's, he's crazy. It's the same thing that they do with like Islamic fundamentals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They go, well, it's not the religion making them do it. They're just crazy. Well, no, it's maybe a little bit of both, right? Yeah. It's definitely, definitely crazy, but it could be some of the other stuff too. So let's listen to this. Uh, this. Cl- oh, by the way, I'm going to say, Joey. I swear to God, mm-hmm. please write titles down this week. We okay. we need some good titles because I feel like it it helps people get involved in the show. Maybe they go, yes. oh, what is that about? So please, okay, I'm, I'm begging you. I hear you. Okay, this is Gretchen Carlson on Fox News talking about this potentially being a uh, a hate crime. CEO of Vialis Group International and host of the Security Brief. He's in studio with me now. Is this a hate crime, Paul? No, Gretchen, it's not. This is quintessential workplace violence from the behavioral profile of the individual to the actions that he displayed from the manifesto to from the time he was he was terminated in 2013 but it says in the manifesto that he wrote 23 pages and facts to abc news and now in the hands of fox uh he talks about race a lot he put the initials of the charleston church shooting victims on the bullets that he used today Uh, he which is like next level crazy right Mm mm-hmm the Virginia Tech mass killer, the Columbine High School killers, mm-hmm. says he was being attacked for being a gay black man. He shot a three white people today. Right. Now, Why is that not a hate crime? Well, because of the fact that the, the workplace violence offender is clearly delusional. They make up their own sense of reality and they struggle with their sense of identity. So they don't like who they are. They make up something that will envision them as a victim, as the quintessential victim. It's a finger pointing. Now, hate crime is something where he clearly was motivated by sense of race, color, but he was. He He's, says that the Charleston right. uh, church shootings were his tipping point. Right. The tipping point for attention seeking. He saw the. Which is an interesting point that he brings up. And I have some 
uh, really good quotes from this guy. I believe Adam Lankford, but I, I have it in, okay. the, in the notes where he talks about this being a uniquely American problem yes. and the attention seeking aspect of it, the delusions of grandeur and the idea of becoming famous. And you know, that that's a uniquely American thing that we're always kind of promoting. And he gets into that in some of his quotes later. Oh, because Bryce Williams, his, uh, auto ego was, uh, was very busy on Twitter yesterday. What do you mean? Well, he tweeted, I filmed the shooting. See Facebook. Yeah. He tweeted, uh, Adam went to HR on me after working with me one time. Uh-huh. They hired her after that. Apparently, she did something he didn't agree with. Yeah. So Right. So this guy, right. See, so, but this is, this is the part of the argument. It's like, yes, it is a black guy shooting white people. Mm-hmm. May, maybe there is an element of race involved with it. I guess you could call it a hate crime. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it matters. But but I, I kind of like what this guy's saying, where he's going to find a reason to get mad if this is the type of person that he is. And he might just be using Charleston because he, he thinks that people might uh, be on his side about that because that was like a horrific, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he's just he's perhaps putting credence on things that don't necessarily deserve it. Let's So so here's a question for you. So sure. you, one would have to assume that the 23 page rant was composed before the actual shooting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dylan Roof, the one that yes. did the Charleston shooting, he had a whole, I read his stupid manifesto. He, uh, you know, he he blames, uh, he says black people are inferior. It's like this whole, like when we were talking about the uh, Confederate flag thing. It's yes. like he uses a lot of that rationale that they would use even during the Civil War and like when they had slaves, mm-hmm. that they're inferior and all this shit. The, the Jews are always to blame, right? Like mm. they, they always, you know, yeah, they write this stuff. That's his point. This is a buildup. He's he's he uses the Charleston thing as like, oh, that's my tipping point. But it just as easily could have been any other thing. He's just this was his time to snap, and he did, and he used that stuff to kind of rationalize his insanity. You know. So is he trying to rationalize his sanity, or is he trying to become famous? Well, he's. He, I mean, I think the fame aspect is a big part of it, but he needs a thing to be like. See, because if you're trying to be famous for this, yes. you're, you're trying to rally people to your cause and support you. He has to pick a thing that people might listen to and go. In his mind, mm-hmm. they might listen to and go, "Well, that's justified." You know what I mean? Like, so they, we don't have that in this case. No, well, you're, you're usually never going to have it when when somebody like just freaks out and kills a bunch of people. But I'm saying in his twisted kind of rationale, mm-hmm. he thought if he said Charleston, if he put out some of these things, offenses against black people as he sees yes. it. I mean, and that was obviously uh, that people might feel sympathetic to him and then understand all of his other grievances and be like, see, but at least he had a point about this. I get why he did it. That's not the case, but that's what he, mm-hmm. I think, was trying to do in that. If people are on your side, you become you know, you become famous, you become mm-hmm. idolized, you know, like that's what he's trying to do. Uh, I also have a point to make about that, but let's just finish this clip okay. and then we'll get into attention. That's, it. Attention, he saw the attention that was received from that shooter all over the country. Right. And, and, that, and that particular shooter was glorified on the news in his eyes. That's why he picked this time of the day to shoot these two people. You say he's not a sociopath? No. And that this was foreseeable? Clearly foreseeable because from the time that, it, and, and when investigators go back to 2013, and they start examining that the, the employer's records, the disciplinary records, the performance appraisals, everything that was said about him, and you start compiling that as the behavioral profile of the individual, you look at the violence continuum or the signs, these lead up to this particular act. They're clearly foreseeable. All right. So, um, all right. I mean, I, we can pretty yeah. much stop the clip there. You get the, you get the argument to his point where he says he's looking for fame. You know, the other guy was mm-hmm. glorified. Look at the cover of the New York Daily News today where they have a three panel uh like screenshots of the video with the gun 
shooting the woman with the bullet coming out. You can literally see the fire coming out of the Jesus gun. Jesus Christ. Like, I? yeah. And it says, uh, you know, I forget, I forget what the, the title is, but it's like killed, killed live on TV or something like uh-huh. that's part of the issue. Yeah. Like that's part of the problem. If, if you don't want these guys to feel this entitlement and try to feel, you know, that they can be glorified with this stuff. Don't put them, excuse me. Don't put them on the cover of the newspaper. Put the people that got killed, uh, a nice memorial for them or whatever it is. Don't try to do this sensational, uh, grabby thing because it's disgusting. Do you but think, that's what sells newspapers. Well, do you think that her family liked seeing that in the Oh, morning? not at all. No, of course not. But if this asshole was alive, which they never are because they killed themselves after, mm-hmm. if he was alive, he'd be like, boom, that's why I did it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he could point to that and be like, see, I, I did I did something that got me famous. He's crazy, but that's that's the reality. Do you have anything else on that or should I get into some of this, uh, this stuff? Uh, just on that, uh, so the police... Located him using his cell phone around 1130. He was driving east on Route 66. Very short car chase. Yeah. Basically runs himself into a ditch, shoots himself, and he later shortly dies. Right. Yeah, which, you know, whatever. Fine. Good. Uh, you know, like I'm glad he's dead. He's he's a psycho. You're never gonna. That person's a a, a mess. You're never gonna fix that person. He should be in jail forever anyway. Even if he didn't die. So, fine. Uh. Harvard research. Then there's this interesting stuff mm-hmm. about mass shootings just in general because every time this happens, the conversation comes up: What are we going to do about guns? Is yes. this, you know, is this the fault of guns? You know, and people on the on the right or the NRA or whatever. There's people all, all over yes. the spectrum that are going to defend the idea that look, it, we're guaranteed the right to have guns. Okay. Harvard research shows a rise in mass shootings between 1982 and 2011. There was a mass shooting every 200 days. Okay. All right. Mass shooting in this uh, study that they did: uh-huh. four or more victims is characterized as a mass shooting things like the fort hood shooter that uh, general hassan yeah that was only three so that doesn't even count so if you included things that were three or more it'd be a lot higher yeah it's a lot higher but you don't need to do that because the numbers are pretty inflated to begin with so there was uh every 200 days between 1982 and 2011 there was one from 2011 on it's been every 64 days that's insane well, yeah, it it is insane. I mean, it just doesn't like how people can look at the situation and be like, no, you know, look, we don't have to change anything. It is what it is. The frequency is increasing mm-hmm. and it's clearly a problem, especially when it feels like there's a pretty divisive nature to the, the culture right now, the mm-hmm. conversation. It's not a good idea to have people that are obviously disturbed well-armed. That, that just doesn't no, seem to all. make a lot of sense. Do you think they chose 2011 for any particular reason no i think well you're no, I, i'm thinking 9 11 to be honest with you that's 2001 so good call oh, that's a good point uh <laughs> yes they picked a decade after 9 11 good job <laughs> that's a good uh, point i have another clip this is really quick well i'll, I'll maybe just cut to the end of it it's this yeah. guy james allen fox he was on cnn and he's a, cr- a criminology professor at northeastern university and he's his data and research is often used to defend the idea of not regulating guns anymore, not, you know, making any kind of change after this stuff. And then we'll get into another really interesting study by this guy, Adam Lankford, like I mentioned. He's a criminal justice professor at University of Alabama. He talks about this being a uniquely American problem. So let's play this, uh, this Alan, James Allen Fox clip, and then we'll get into that, uh, that research. It's hard to believe. Yeah, let's just watch. That's only it a minute like and a half. Every week we're reporting another mass shooting, many of them. At My God, I, I, re- I, I hate Jake Tapper. Okay schools, uh, that this isn't an increasing trend, but that's what your data shows. I have to ask, though, your figures only go to 2012. Could there have been a spike in the last two years? Sure. Which we know there are. Obviously, this was like yes. a little while ago, but we know that there 
is a spike. We just said it. It went from 200, uh, you know, every 264 days. There could be, but there was a spike in the early 2000s. There was a spike in late 1990s. It was a spike around 2005. And usually spikes are followed by troughs. So we shouldn't jump to conclusions. There was uh, <laughs> additional gun control in the 90s. And then as though two, every 200 days, is an ex- that's OK. Like, we shouldn't jump to conclusions that, oh, well, you know, like a lot of people. Meanwhile, this is gun ownership in the U.S. is at its low, its uh-huh. low point, which it reached in 2010. It's back there. Only 32% of the population has guns. You, you want to know the thing I never understood about guns? Sure. Uh, everyone always says for self-defense. Right. But do you know that guns are used 30 time, 32 times more than used for violence, more than self-defense? Oh, I, I, of if course. You I'm did sure. the statistics. Yeah, absolutely. And the people that die the most gun deaths in this country happen by suicide. It's not the it's it. But again, this is what we're talking about. When yeah. you watch a clip like that, it's very surreal. And it's not what you're used to seeing, like in the movies. But in the movies, also, people never miss. It's very rare unless unless, you know, it's halfway through the movie and then you need to get to the end. So then it's like bullets are just yeah. hails of bullets are just missing everyone, which is impossible. But like the people never miss in movies. In the best case scenario, the best shooters in the world hit like 40% of their shots. Then you factor in adrenaline, people, bad training. It's like, it's unrealistic. And, and the idea that these two reporters having guns on them, would they really have been able to stop this from happening? I, I mean, really, yeah. they, like, what is she going to do? Oh, no, no, not at all, because they're trying to run an interview. It's- yeah, of course. It's, just, it's unrealistic. The same thing in like movie theater shootings. Yeah, let's just shoot blind. Let's have 50 people in the theater shoot blindly. Blind. Like, yeah. do you know how many more people are going to get killed in that in that instance? The, I had a clip of uh, Allison Parker. Yes. Her dad, uh, we don't have to play it. It's a little bit longer, but he calls politicians cowards. And he's like, if I have to be the one that's going to make this happen, I'm going to make it happen. There needs to be more strong regulation. And he says the NRA is going to come out. I know what they're going to say, that if they were armed, that this could have been prevented. He's like, that's bullshit. He doesn't mm-hmm. say bullshit, obviously. He's on TV. But he came out very strongly and, and you know, obviously rightly criticized uh, policymakers on this on this issue. Yes. Um, let's just wrap. Let's wrap this yes. clip. We'll get into the uh, the uniquely American problem. Then we can move on to the next thing. Some of that has expired since then. Yeah. Did that have any effect, one way or the other, on these shootings? Well, no, actually not. I, I did measure the impact of the federal weapons ban, the assault weapons ban, that we had for a ten-year period of time, beginning in 1994 on mass shootings, and the impact was negligible. Most mass murderers don't use assault weapons. They use uh, 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 they use semi-automatic handguns, uh, that's the most common weapon, but not what would be declared an assault weapon and banned. To stop these, what does society need to do? <laughs> well, if you want to stop them, there's things we can do, but I don't think we will do them. I mean, do we, are we going to eliminate private ownership of handguns? I doubt it. Maybe we should. Maybe, maybe this is the time. Mm-hmm. See, because this is the thing. When these things happen, people don't want to have the conversation. They go, well, emotions are high. We probably shouldn't do it. That's actually when you make change right yes <laughs> like when are we going to talk about it? we're not going to talk about it uh next month we're going to be on to the next bullshit you know uh are, are we going to r- round up and arrest everyone who looks a little bit bizarre or has a or wears black clothing or has a scary facebook page i doubt it you see we we treasure our personal freedom and unfortunately occasional mass shootings as horrific as they are is one of the prices that we pay for the freedoms that we that we enjoy yeah except only 32 only 32 percent of the population ha- enjoys that freedom yeah i'm of the 70 percent doesn't have a gun i'm never i'm you know pretty likely never going to own a gun so i'm not enjoying any kind of freedom if you want to hunt 
If you want to be a responsible gun over, mm-hmm. fine. But if that's the case, then you should not be wary of real intense background checks. Yes. I think it's fine. Again, I'm not totally anti-gun. I think hunting is fine. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to go to the shooting range, go. Go. It's fine. If you even want to have one in your house and protect yourself, I'm sort of of the mind if somebody comes on your property, you should be able to kill them. You know, like, yeah. what are you doing here? But bigger picture, there there are things that we can do. And let's stop pretending that the Second Amendment is just this, like, thing that you absolutely can't touch. It's really about having a fucking militia, which is an even bigger problem in this country that you have these fucking weirdo militia groups that show up in first. Yeah. For you know, it, it, things can be done. And, and it's a crazy uh, notion to suggest like, look, we treasure our freedom here. Okay. We treasure guns above everything else. We don't really care that we don't live in an actual democracy. We don't really have freedom of speech anymore. No, as long as you have sh- your gun, privacy, you're good. Yeah. Not, all this shit can get trampled on. But as long as I have my fucking gun, uh, I'm, oh, we're so free in America. Self-defense. Were you going to say? I was actually going to comment on the uh, the scary Facebook page. Yeah. My money says that there was nothing scary about Mr. Bryce Williams Facebook page. There might have been. There might have been. But then but then that raises the question, like, what do you as long as it's not a threat? Like, that's, you, you know, you can't yell fire oh, yeah, in, a, yeah. in, in a crowded movie theater. Like, as long as he's not doing that again, I'm of the mind where I'm more of a freedom of speech. That's what I'm concerned about. Let the guy fucking spill his bullshit online. Let him say what he wants. And then if he crosses the line into like, uh oh, this guy's a problem. Now, you know. If you're going to crack down on what people are able to say online or what they're able to say just Mm -hmm. anywhere, then maybe people bottle it up. They write a stupid manifesto Mm -hmm. privately. They send it off. And then it's too late because they're already on the dock shooting these two innocent people, three innocent people. Um, What was I going to say? I lost it. Sorry. All right. Listen, you're doing a nice job to start the show. Well, thank you. Uh, let's move on to this. Uh, we'll wrap up with this. This is the uniquely. American- oh yeah, yeah, I got it. Oh, okay, okay. So we acknowledge that there was already a history of uh, issues with this individual, Mr. Yeah. Flanagan, that he should have received help. Yeah. Now, what would be a humane way, legal way, of saying, you know what, this person does need help? Maybe we should have someone step in, right? To Make sure he does receive this help. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a look, it's a fine line because it's not clear that this guy was like anger is obviously part of this. He had a little resentment towards people, but that doesn't necessarily indicate that he's going to flip out and shoot people. Okay. Now, if he starts making threats, obviously, that's a different story. You can involve the cops. Bigger picture, if I don't know what the situation is healthcare wise there, what, you know, but if we really address mental health in this country and we had a base level of care for everyone, you know, preventative care, things Mm -hmm. like this. Maybe this guy would be able to go to therapy or, or something like this, that somebody could step in before this happens and be like, look, man, like, I think you're having, you know, an issue with anger here. Maybe you need to get, you know, go get some help, you know, and then be able to work that thing out. Now you don't never, you never know how this guy's going to react. It might never be preventable Mm -hmm. uh, because he might be like, fuck you. You're targeting me. You know, like you don't know how he's going to react. But again, that's what leads us to the gun issue. If this guy can't get a gun, which he did, he legally yeah. got a gun. If he can't do it, then, it then doesn't this happen. probably doesn't happen. Maybe he tries to stab them. That's eminently easier to uh, you know, avoid than, than, than bullets you never see coming. 
Uh, University of Alabama criminal justice professor Adam Lankford's new study called Mass Shooters, Firearms, and Social Strains, a global analysis of an exceptionally American problem, analyzes data of mass shootings around the world between 1966 and 2012. And he used the FBI and the uh, Harvard Studies four-plus person definition for mass shootings. Uh, The U.S. – listen to this shit. The U.S. equals less than 5% of the world's population, yet it had five times more shootings than the next country on the list. The U.S. accounts for 31% of mass shootings in the world. We're less than 5% of the population of the world. 31% of all mass shootings happen in America. We've had 90 in that period. Philippines is the next one. They had 18. And the Philippines is fucking gun crazy. We helped write a lot of their policy the u.s was involved yeah. when they were writing their constitution and stuff and they have the same freedom of uh you know to carry fire you know freedom to bear arms yeah. and all that stuff they only had 18 russia yemen and france 15 11 and 10 those are the next closest we're at 90, 90. let me read this uh quote by adam lankford because i think it's really uh you know it's interesting and we can just kind of put a bow on this uh this topic he says uh, on the ownership rate correlation to mass shootings what was surprising was how strong, again, this is 1960s. He's been doing the research yes. since 1966. He's really been covering it. What was surprising was how strong the relationship was. No matter what test I ran, the data always showed the same thing. The data suggests that essentially you can't be in the top five in firearm ownership and not have this problem. Now, meaning mass shootings. Again, we are in the top five in ownership at only 30%. So mm-hmm. imagine, imagine if that even went up to 50%. Well, you know, what's going to happen with these types of incidents? He continues, crime and deviance occur when there's an unhealthy gap between people's dreams and aspirations and their ability to reach those dreams. Now, oh, right. Okay, so that seems like this fits this guy's persona pretty clearly. To a T. Yeah, where he's upset uh, probably about the pretty white chick that got the job younger than him. He's got kind of grievances against everyone. Uh, yes. Which, again, he might be mad that she is this pretty white chick. That could lead to... A hate crime. I mean, okay. like, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to the idea of saying it might, maybe it's a hate crime. It doesn't mean that, like, see, blacks do too. Like, that's the argument that they're trying mm-hmm. to make, where it's like, blah, blah, blah. okay, it doesn't matter, but it's possible that it is. Uh, everybody is shaped by culture in a way. Our culture has people reaching for the stars and slipping and falling probably more often. <laughs> Unfortunately, due to some combination of strains, mental illness, and American idealization of fame, like we point out with the cover of the fucking yes. Daily News, like, that's fame. It's infamy, but it is still fame. Some mass shooters succumb to terrible delusions of grandeur, seems like this guy, Mm -hmm. and seek fame and glory through killing. They accurately recognize that the only way they can guarantee that their names and faces adorn magazines, newspapers, and television is by slaughtering unarmed men, women, or children. Now, does that, to you, Joey, does that seem like that kind of fits the bill to a T? This guy that's been researching this since the 60s? Like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's, it's scary. Well, it's scary, but the, the, everybody said that's the thing. Everybody goes, oh, it's scary. It's a tragedy. Well, what are we going to do about it? It's okay to change the same way that the, a lot of the Republican uh, candidates want to like repeal the 14th Amendment and they want to end birthright citizenship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's an amendment. It's not the basic Bill of Rights, but like the Constitution can be wrong in some cases. We can change it. They didn't envision this type of stuff when they were writing the Constitution. So, Yes. make change what are we what are we actually going to do about it and that's what her dad was saying on the tv like stop being cowards and fucking make something happen you're not beholden to the nra again that's a problem of money in politics yes the nra's lobbying ability their ability to influence elections that's why politicians are cowards they can't actually go against the hand that feeds them that's part mm-hmm. of the problem it's all tied up that's why we always talk about that all the time 
it, it's a it's a complicated web to kind of untangle all this stuff. But when you really start looking at it, it's like money and politics and sensible gun regulation would probably do qu- quite a bit of good in, in, in a lot of this stuff. Yes. The thing I'm kind of thinking about lately is we're growing up in a world where everybody has a Facebook, everybody has a YouTube. I, I don't have a Facebook. I okay, a Facebook. so you don't. I just have a Twitter, Mansap. But it, it seems like... Uh, See, I I'm just afraid that there'll be copycats from this. Of course, but that that is that is exactly what this guy's talking about. Where it's like people see, okay, this guy realizes, look, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, um, George Clooney. I'm not going to be, mm-hmm. you know, who, whatever. Name your celebrity. Yes. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not Kim Kardashian. This is not going to happen. But I could be the next guy that's on the magazine cover, like, uh, yes. you know, Dylan Roof. And all I need is a gun, which I can easily get, and a cell phone. Right. And it's based on the idea of like likes you know what i mean yes. I, i'm doing this for a bigger cause it's a delusion of grandeur I, you know yeah it's all tied up and, and you're right i mean i think it's an unhealthy um yeah it's an unhealthy thing that goes on in this country uh, pj who's one of the interns that's working here hi pj if you're listening i miss you buddy uh, he's uh he's 19 and i always would ask him questions about you know, because I'm almost 30, he's yeah. 19, so it's like I ask him questions about nirvana and different shit like what do kids listen to all this stuff and he was talking about um you know, kids that are trying to become YouTube stars. They think mm-hmm. that that's the thing to do now. Like yeah. everybody just wants to be a little famous. And that, and again, like you're saying, yeah, it's something to be concerned about because it's this unhealthy idea of being idolized. Meanwhile, I've, you know, I gave myself my own podcast. Yes. Yes. You, you yes. know what I'm saying? But, uh, but it seems that it's more than just 15 minutes of fame though. Yeah. That's it going well, for. Well, it's, it's, it's fame, it's fame and fortune and the idea of success without, work like Mm -hmm. it's not hard for this guy to show up and shoot somebody it's it is work you know obviously on a lesser scale but it's like i put work into the show i'm trying to do this shit it's it's just but it's the idea of like free fame i can just put myself online and people are gonna like me and adore me and it's like that's not really uh, the right yeah it's not really the right way to go about it all right i think we had a good get any final thought on that or i don't know all right good all right i think that was a nice uh thing on that We'll, um, you know, we'll stay on top of it if any more stuff comes out, but I think it's just going to be like, wait till the next one, because I don't think they're going to do anything about this. Um, July, mm-hmm. you like to do some, we're just going to switch completely. Okay. July was the hottest month ever. Nice. No, it's not good, Jim. Ever. Uh, the first seven months of 2015 were the hottest on record, breaking 2010's record. 2010 was the, the previously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the long streak of months that were the hottest ever. We're actually ahead of that, which should tell you something that 2010 is the most, you know, it's pretty recent. It's not like 17, No, it's 50. five years. Okay. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration issued a report stating July 2015 was the hottest month on record since 1880. Ooh. The highest, uh, it was 61.86 degrees Fahrenheit. That was the global temperature. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the highest out of the 1,627 months that they've actually been recording this type of data. And that was almost a degree and a half above the 20th century average. So that's a lot globally to raise almost, you know, a a degree and a half. That's quite significant. Uh, This is also backed up by the Japanese Meteorological Agency and NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies. They agreed with the fact that this was definitely the hottest month on record. Um Again, the, we always talk about this, like the argument against climate change is that, well, it's a liberal conspiracy. It's the tree huggers, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure everybody over at the, uh, you know, the Japanese meteorological agency are just balling out. They're just sitting on diamond chairs and like, fine, we tricked you, coal miners. You know, like it, it's stupid. Uh, I have a clip of Carly Fiorina nice. that I really enjoy. Uh, 
she was being interviewed by Katie Couric, I mm-hmm. guess, a long-form interview. I saw, it's like a four-minute clip. We're going to get into it, where she's talking about climate change. She has, uh, she has responses to everything Katie Couric's asking her. They're not necessarily the correct answers, and we're <laughs> going to probably debunk a lot of the stuff that she's saying. And again, once again, I want to give the credit to uh, Vox. I, I don't want to act like I did all the research mm-hmm. on this, but I just thought that this was really interesting. So let's, uh, you know, feel free to tell me when you want to stop it, Joey, if you have anything to say. And let's see what... Uh, what Carly Fiorina, the Republican darling, has to say about uh, climate change. What's your position on climate change? Well, you know, I think we have to read all the fine print. So every one of the scientists that tell us that climate change is real and being caused by Oh, you know, you know what? Uh, I'm re- uh, mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, whatever. I already stopped it. I was going to – I have a, a Wall Street Journal, like, little thing that we're going to read to okay. debunk one of the things that she said. Uh, that's behind a paywall, the Wall Street Journal. Great way to get around a paywall. Just copy the title of the article, Google it, because they have a lot of different services uh-huh. that, uh, like, they just like sell their articles to different, you know, organizations. So I got it from like the Billings Gazette, and I could just read the article instead of paying the Wall Street Journal. Go, go fuck yourself. Huh. Freedom of information, baby. The activity also tell us that a single nation acting alone can make no difference at all. That's totally untrue. That a single nation acting alone. Also, the United States is not acting alone. We have a pretty good accord with china in place right now who's the biggest polluter in the world mm-hmm. and we're gonna get into that in a second but that that's a falsity that she's saying i do like kind of like her style though she's smart because it contrasts with trump and all the shit yes. like she's very you know calmly spoke i'm just gonna say it and you're gonna kind of believe what i'm you're saying. gonna agree you know, to it's, it it's not true but so when i see a state like california destroy lives and livelihoods <laughs> with environmental regulation that will make no difference at all to climate change when i see the uh, by the way, mm-hmm. a lot of people's lives in California are being destroyed by the fucking rampant wildfires. Oh, the fire, burning yeah. things down, yeah, which is indefinitely a part of climate change. The massive drought. I feel like that's affecting them more than like replacing coal with clean technology. The Obama administration take that same regulation and apply it nationally. It will make no difference at all. And yet we're destroying people's lives and livelihoods. I wonder why are we doing this? Why are we doing this when it won't have any impact? So I think the answer to this problem is innovation, not regulation. But I must say it angers me when liberals say, I'm prepared for you to lose your job in the name of sending a signal to whom China could care less. And when she was the, um, the CEO yeah, of right, HP, <laughs> yeah, she, she, lost, she lost like a million jobs. You know, oh. like, I mean, it just it was ridiculous. She lost him so much money. She was literally considered one of the worst CEOs in the history of, of American good. business. But all right. In fact, China is delighted that we are not spending any time or energy figuring out clean coal because they're going to go do it. So ideally. Okay, so this is where I have the Wall Street Journal quote. Uh, (laughs) She says China is going to do clean coal and they're happy to watch us not do it. Washington uh, Wall Street Journal excerpt from August 25th. First paragraph. U.S. and China officials took a major step Tuesday towards an agreement to advance clean coal technologies that purport to reduce the the fuels contribution to climate change and could offer a potential lifeline for an industry that's seen its fortunes fade. The agreement between the U.S. Department of Energy and China's National Energy Administration would allow the two nations to share their results as they refine technologies to capture the greenhouse gases produced from burning coal. Uh, okay, so that it seems, seems like the exact. It opposite. seems like the opposite that that we're actually working hand in hand with China to advance us. We're going to share our our technology. All right, that's fine. Let's continue. What should be done? What could be done to attack this issue? Well, I think we have to focus on innovation. We have to focus on innovation. Say innovation again. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. So we have to focus on how to make coal cleaner. Look, coal provides half the energy in this nation. 
Coal produces 20% of the primary energy in the U.S. and 39% of its electricity, not half. Still, not to mention around the world. So to say we're going to basically... But this is is what's crazy. This is why I like to do this occasionally. Like, I know I'm stopping it a lot, but it's like in four minutes. Do you know how much crap she puts out that's just not true? I think we're up to five. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absurd. Like, it's not half. It's not even close. Coal, which is what this administration has done, is so self-defeating. Pause it for me. Oh, no, Joey. Maybe somebody who likes coal is telling her to say coal a lot. Are you, Do you imp- think that? Are you in some way implying that she might be getting money from an industry that produces coal? Is that what you're saying? Possibly. I don't think so. No. I think she's above board. She seems like a pretty honest person. Okay. It destroys jobs. It destroys communities. It's not helping us, and it's not helping global warming. So let's get on with the innovation, innovation. about how to make <laughs> sure that we actually have clean coal technology. The Chinese will do it if we don't, and they are doing it. Other than clean coal technology, are there other innovative things that you are excited about that could help attack this problem? Well, you know, there are lots of wonderful innovative things. The thing that I think we never do is um, tell people the whole truth. So just as an example, I mean, wind technology is very exciting to people. Prepare for a pack of nonsense. Oh, here we go. But do we tell people the truth that it slaughters millions of birds? Wind what? kills between 140,000 and 328,000 birds a year, which sounds like a lot, but oil and gas kills 500,000 to a million. Coal kills almost 8 million birds a year because it destroys their habitats. The air is shitty. They can't survive. And nuclear energy kills about 300,000. So wind, wind is, I got those numbers from the U.S. News and World Report. That's their stats. Uh-huh. Uh, so wind actually kills the least amount of birds. And you know what? Fuck some of the birds. If it's going to ki- like, we can, we can make more birds. I'm not worried about it. So they're flying into the van. We can make more mills? birds, Joe. We'll just make those little sparrows bone. <laughs> All right. Yeah. They fly into the turbines cause they're stupid. They're like little tiny dinosaurs that with tiny brains. <laughs> they just fly. Yeah. They fly into the wind turbines. I, you want to know I who wouldn't do that? That's wouldn't do that. That's what have echolocation. Yeah, well, they're smart. They hang out at night. They live in caves. Yeah. It's great. And then they create superheroes. I like the way wind turbines look. Like when I was in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. you see a couple here and there. It looks like progress to me. That's yes. what it looks like. Design new ones. Make them look cooler. Try to have them where they repel birds. Yeah, or be bird friendly. Yeah, let's let's. But, but for her to pretend that she cares, like it slaughters millions, <laughs> millions of birds, millions. She says every year. I mean, eagles, falcons. Birds that people care about. <laughs> when was the last time she saw an eagle? <laughs> Eagles and falcons, birds that people care about. Okay, just play. Just play. Tell people that it's slaughtering these birds. Does anyone see how honestly, unsightly those huge wind turbines are? On- I, I disagree. I, again, like I just said, yeah. I think they look pretty cool. Honestly, if you did them right, like you put them in some kind of design, yeah, different colors. Show, yeah, you could you could fuck around with them. Who's people are? Uh, we have those stupid uh, cell towers that look like trees, but they just they don't look. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, when yeah, they put yeah, them yeah. Up in the it's like okay, we have a lot of like unsightly shit in the world. Is a coal plant beautiful? No. Is that does that look good? Some of the most beautiful. It does for your paycheck. Is no yeah magic answer there is no perfect there source are of few. energy yeah, every is. one of them has a downside solar is great but solar takes huge amounts of water 84 percent of solar requires no water zero water 84 percent huh. it's the least amount of water used by any energy source coal uses 450 gallons per megawatt hour 450 gallons 
per megawatt hour. How much is a called. megawatt hour? You have any idea? Y- you know what? I'm not is a that, si- a, is not that a like scientist. a lot of PlayStation time? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but but right, but it's like you got to. It's significantly higher. Yes. Uh, yeah, all right. So the, another another bullshit lie. There isn't water in a it's lot so of the places where solar energy works well. We need to. The American people can handle trade-offs. They're pretty smart. Let's tell them the truth about what the trade. <laughs> oh my God, that's it's, great! It's, tell it's, them it's the truth. Like, it's like 1984 shit. It's like well, we should tell the truth, and I'm going to yeah. follow that up with a hundred lies. Let's tell them the truth as well about the fine print of the science. And let me, let me I guess, in, in, in closing, on yeah, there's a minute left. Climate Let's, change. Yeah. Would you say it's a serious issue facing the country and, in fact, the world? Which it, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I think it is, frankly, ridiculous for the Obama administration to call ISIS a strategic distraction and then go on to say that climate change is the single most pressing national security issue of our time. That's hyperbole. Let me ask you how you feel about it. I'm not asking you what the Obama administration, how they have assessed Ooh, it. Ooh, Katie Couric, Pitbull. what you think about climate change. I do change. not think climate change is a national security threat that equals in any way Iran getting a nuclear bomb, ISIS beheading people because of their but religion. Do you, let, me, let me rephrase it, do, or actually just repeat it. Do you <laughs> think climate change is a serious issue facing the country and the world? I think it's an issue. And I think we ought to be focusing time, energy, and resources on innovations that will help address oh, son this of a issue. bitch. The way she says innovation is just driving me insane. I might have to clip that. We might have to use that. Yes. That's like a Joni Ernst one. Hold on. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> but I think we need to keep it in perspective. I think a far more serious issue is the number of Americans whose lives are tangled up in webs of dependence. I think a right, far well, more okay, serious issue. So now she gets into the welfare state, people, stuff like that. But that's that, a great soundbite, though. What webs of uh, dependence? Yeah, it's, it is. If you if you think that she's going to give a shit about that by saying webs of indep, indep, uh, dependence, she's mm-hmm. essentially saying like we need to cut welfare. Yes, I I, I I I get because the they always talk it. about create jobs. How how are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Everything is a trick to her. Like yes. everything that's being said on the left is nonsense. And look, they're lying, and there's nothing we can do about. It. But what are you what are you going to do about it? Yes. she's complaining about the bird. Oh, you love birds, do you? You're you're a rabid environmentalist, yet you don't agree that climate change is a thing. And it's just very. It's it's not. It's nonsense. And, and do you know what you do? You put out policy. Yeah, of course. Which hey, that would have been a great. It is. I see what you're doing exactly. there. It's a great. Uh, it's a great transition. But we're going to get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. I actually have something before that. But I like where your head's at, Joey. Uh, the Iran deal. Now, mm-hmm. this is obviously going to be coming up for a vote soon. It seems like it's probably going to go through. Um, you never know, but yeah. it seems like it's going to go through. But there's some stuff that's been out there that I just feel like having kind of an argument with no one, but I, I feel like okay. putting this stuff out there because if you're going to have conversations about it in your lives or if you're going to hear people talk about it on a TV, just understand the basic facts of this thing and then you know you can go from there. If people yes. don't want to listen to you, fine, but this is reality and this is stuff that I've really looked into. We haven't talked about it in a while and this stuff has been out there for a while. Yes. I've been gathering information. I did a lot of research about it and this is stuff that I just wanted to like kind of debunk okay. just for the sake of having... Uh, you know the real information. Yes. Can I just say, Joey, I'm really enjoying this episode with you today. I'm I think glad it's going very well. We we did it a little differently. I sent you, and it's kind of unfair to you because sometimes they yell at you that you're not talking a lot or yes. whatever. But I sent you the my notes and like the articles that I was working and, and, on, and I actually took a few minutes. Yeah, and I think it's good. And, you should take the bus here. I think it was nice. I think I think we have a better flow today, and I'm really uh, really enjoying it. Often imitated, never duplicated. The Iran deal. 
uh, one of the popular conservative attacks about the Iran deal is to, to try and sink it. Chuck Schumer, also a, a you know very prominent mm-hmm. Democrat, is using this reason for not supporting it. They the claim is that nuclear inspectors must wait twenty four days for inspections. Okay, all right, that's you've heard that you yes. suggested earlier in the episode. Iran, per the deal, is divided into two kinds of sites: declared nuclear sites, which we've talked about on other episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can look, you know, you can f- find out what those declared sites are. I didn't write down the whole list yes. of them, but there's a handful of sites that are declared. And then anything else, the declared sites have no waiting period and are in fact continually monitored. So any of the nuclear sites that we worked out in the deal, yes. which is the majority of them where we've reduced their ability to enrich uranium to a, a minuscule amount of what you would need to create a bomb and all this stuff. Those are continually monitored. There is no waiting period attached to it okay? because we're going to be watching. We're yes. going to know what's going on. The anything else consists of mostly military sites and also at odds is this Parchin or Parchin. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's a former nuclear site, which we're going to get into because the AP, uh, which I don't know if I mentioned or not, put out an article last week that seemed very damning. Why would it be formal? What they they use other resources they or they chose to move it? Yeah, they no, but, stopped using it. But why? Because they got what they wanted out oh, of it, or, or it. we found out about. It. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit later. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying that's another nuclear site that is at odds that the AP put out. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. This is refers to the military sites. This is the protocol in place as per the deal, which is where it seems like people are getting this 24 day waiting period thing mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with the nuclear sites which is what the deal is really trying to curb and i think successfully does that once it gets passed okay. i think it really and if not you're just where you were without the deal fine we might as well put a deal in place this is the uh the protocol for mostly the military sites not nuclear sites Iran needs 24-hour notice if the inspectors want to get in and look at these non-nuclear sites they have to give around 24-hour notice, which I think is reasonable. That's quick. What are you going to do? You're going to move an entire nuclear program out of those sites in 24 hours? We're going to need a bigger truck. Yeah, they, they will need a bigger boat. 24-hour notice. Iran, if Iran objects, an international commission of the U.S. and other signee countries is convened immediately, okay, to try to convince Iran to let us in or, or whatever, mm-hmm. understand their objection. If no agreement is made after 14 days, okay, so now that's two weeks after the 24-hour period, the U.S., the U.K., France, Germany, the EU, China, Russia, and Iran vote on whether the inspection should take place or not. Now, again, this set, this might sound like, oh, well, they can get away with a lot of shit, but it's, again, not a nuclear site. They can vote right away, or they can elect to wait seven days to vote. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the people involved, the countries involved, the U.S. and its coalition has the majority on that panel. So whatever the U.S. is going to want in that case is probably going to go through no matter what. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. If they vote, yes. If that council after 14 days or, or seven days, excuse me, uh, votes, yes, it means Iran has to comply in three days or all the sanctions that were taken away because of the deal snap back into place, which is exactly what we talked about. When we talked about the framework of the deal. We said people were like, well, they took all the sanctions off. No, they didn't. They took the sanctions off relating to nuclear work. All the other military and economic sanctions are still firmly in place as far as the U S is concerned. And all of them would be back into place if an agreement wasn't made through this process. But again, it only has to do with military sites. So that's where – does that make sense to you? Yeah. I'm just wondering who's doing the inspections. Well, it's a combination of the uh, – we're going to get into that in a second. The International okay. Atomic Energy Agency 
which is sort of what's at odds in the AP, which they're the, you know, they are the international nuclear body that goes and looks into this. U.S. inspectors would be involved. Okay. Iranians, you know. There, there's so everybody's a, involved. Yeah, there, it's a very, the idea is that this would be a transparent process. I also want to put this out there. Radioactive material is detectable long after 24 days. So even if it did take 24 days, which it doesn't, to get into any of these nuclear sites. You still know it was there. Yeah, of course. They're yeah. not going to be able to clean it up. What are you, crazy? Unless it's years, thir- 10 years. And we're going to talk about that. Now, uh, let me see if I have any quotes. Yeah, let's let's get into this, and then then I have some quotes. So this is something that I don't even know if this got a lot of coverage. That that made sense, right? Yes. I don't know if this got a ton of coverage. Again, I don't watch much, if at all, any uh, you know TV news or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. It's just sort of like my research. I comes across my desk, and I'm like, maybe good for the podcast, maybe not. Whatever. The AP put out an article saying that Iranian scientists would have oversight and conduct evidence collection at a suspected nuclear weapons development site from 10 years ago called Parchin. Uh, they would be doing the inspections, not the IAEA, which I have a bitch of a time saying. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. The I, I can't even do it. IAEA. Uh, so anyway, so the AP put that article out, mm-hmm. which seems really damning, where it's like, well, what? We're going to let Iran do their own inspections? That's no, that crazy. seems like a bad idea if that was the case. Right. Even if it is the case, which it isn't, Parchin, like I mentioned, doesn't uh, it, it, it was not part of the deal at all. The IAEA will give a yay or nay to the deal based partially on its findings at Parchin. So they're going to go in and inspect Parchin. Every, this is what's at odds mm. here. Everyone knows, according to a lot of the research that I've done, all the countries involved know what happened at Parchin testing-wise. Best case scenario, they'd find out that Iran didn't try to test a nuclear bomb there. What is likely to happen? They're going to go. Yeah, they tried to test a nuclear bomb there. They were using, uh, you know, uranium enrichment there, and that's already what they know happened there. Mm-hmm. They're not. It closed down in two thousand two, so they're not doing any work there. It's not equipped to even enrich uranium, and that's why it's not part of the deal. We already kind of know what happened there, so it's really not that big a deal at all. The IAEA uh, spokesman. What is it? Jeez, what am I doing? They replaced uh, the. Sorry, mm-hmm. take a breath. The AP took certain passages out of their original article. Then they republished them with like more facts explaining okay. actually what happened. One of the articles that they took, one of the quotes they took out was, "IAEA staff will monitor Iranian personnel as they inspect the Parchin nuclear site." So, it's so you're going to have people there anyway, right? So, okay. it's, yeah, but that was missing from the first version of this article then they I came wonder back. why well right and that's the bigger picture it's like what what are they trying to do over the ap are they trying to sink the deal what's what's their what's, what's their, their modus operandi here the ap cut certain passages out of their piece that would have hurt their alarmist claim then republished the article with those passages in like i just read that mm-hmm. you know inspectors are going to be there when iranians are dealing with the parchment site the iaea director general yukia amano i guess is how you pronounce his name this is his statement about the ap article because this is going on for a few days yeah i just gave a very brief wrap up of it but if you were following it, it's it's confusing because they're taking stuff out they're putting stuff in they're republishing articles and there's a lot of being said about it we'll wrap it up with this this is this guy's quote mm-hmm. his statement about what the ap was doing 
I am disturbed by statements suggesting that the IAEA has given responsibility for nuclear inspections in Iran. Such statements misrepresent the way in which we will undertake this important verification work. The separate arrangements under the roadmap agreed between the IAEA and Iran in July are confidential and I have a legal obligation not to make them public. The same obligation I have for hundreds of such agreements made with other member states. However, I can state that the arrangements are technically sound and consistent with our long-established practices. They do not compromise our safeguards and standards in any way. The roadmap between Iran and the AIEA is a very robust agreement with strict timelines, which help us to clarify past and present outstanding issues regarding Iran's nuclear program. So that, like, the guy that runs the International Atomic Energy Agency comes out in pretty strong terms and just like, this is absurd. This mm-hmm. is, uh, I'm disturbed by this. So I don't know what the deal was with the AP, but this is all shit that is, is coming out, and I think it's important to kind of combat it because the 24-day waiting period is false, mm-hmm. and Parchin isn't even an active nuclear site since 2002. So, you know, I don't know what they're trying to do there. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Because they're supposed to be highly accredited, you know, and trustworthy and honest, and it just seems that this one they kind of fucked up. The AP, well, the AP, I think, is uh, a lot of people look at it as sort of a uh, nonpartisan thing because it's just the Associated Press. So they just put yeah, out so press it's supposed to be nonpartisan. This. Well, is it? They're under no obligation to not be partisan. That's true. You know, so if they decide they want to put this stuff out, they're more than welcome to do that. It's shitty that our media and our, uh, you know, journalism can be partial, but it is a reality. And, and I think, um, you know, it just uh, that's why I wanted to put it out there because the AP is considered kind of this non-biased, non-judgmental thing where they're just putting out news, but they're really not, and they really could have damaged this. They bungled what they were trying to do. They, were, you know, it became pretty obvious over the mm-hmm. last couple of days. But I just think people see this stuff, maybe, and you hear about it, and you're like, "Well, this deal is terrible." But no, there, there's real facts about it, and and they're manipulating the story to make it seem worse than it is. Um, all right, we can move on. We got three things to wrap up the show, okay? And I think they're important. Black Lives Matter uh, released their campaign zero um, policy policy agenda. Yeah. We talked about it last week, the Hillary Clinton thing, uh, where she was saying that, look, have somewhere to go, have policy in place, because you can try to change hearts and minds all you want, but it's really going to come down to changing systems. They, uh, I don't know if it's directly in response to what Hillary Clinton said, but this is coming out this week, so it, it's a pretty good uh, timing thing on their part. Mm-hmm. So... Let's just go through it briefly. We don't have to get too deep into it. Maybe, you know, in the future as more of this starts to come out, we can. Yes. But these are the 10 policy pieces that Black Lives Matter thinks would dramatically change the uh, the world we're living in. Okay. Their first policy change would be end the broken windows policing, meaning going into disadvantaged communities and just rounding up people for drinking on the street or, or selling pot, you know, like... Yes. The idea behind it, the thought behind uh, broken windows policing, which is, I think, how Bill Bratton, the police commissioner in New York, I think that is his, I don't know if he created it or what. May I take a stab at what it should be doing? Well, don't take a stab because they might come in here and arrest you. Oh, wow. By getting low crime um, rid of, you happen to not have more serious situations down the road. But it doesn't seem to work. No, well, and that's the idea. Right. I mean, the idea is that if you take care of, like, low-level offenses, mm-hmm. the, then you prevent those people from 
going on to commit bigger crimes, murder, whatever it yes. is. But that's illogical because in a lot of ways, it's like if you go into a poor community and there's a guy, uh, you know, selling weed on the corner, is he going to become Pablo Escobar down the road or is no. he just doing that so he can fucking have some food and keep the lights on? Like, that's the problem. Now, now you've created a situation where you have people that don't have any other opportunity. You're putting them in jail. Yeah. You know, it, again, it, it just like reinforces the cycle of poverty and criminality when if you just eliminated that, I think you're going to be probably better served. Look, if it doesn't work out, then you can always change it and try to come up with a different policy. But I think it's pretty clear the broken windows thing isn't, is not working. Uh, isn't working. Right. Uh, you got anything else to say nope. about that? Let's let's try to get through these, yes. you know, a little bit quicker. Community oversight. They think that there should be some kind of relationship between the police and the community that they're policing, mm-hmm. and that the the community, you know, however you want to define that, they would have some kind of neighborhood watch person or whatever it is, have a relationship with the cops and and see what their policies are and try to work things out with them, which I think is a uh, logical, right? That's a yes. logical step. Limit use of force self-explanatory yeah they basically right now the police are allowed to use force when they perceive a threat the idea with campaign zero is that you would limit force to when there is an actual threat so no tasing just because right like where somebody starts getting loud so you're like get out of the car and you fucking throw (laughs) them to the ground you know no they want to limit use of force i think that's fair independently investigate and prosecute yeah the police shouldn't be able to do their own internal investigation. I think that's that's a little. I think that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So clearly, you could have some kind of independent body that would come in and you know be an arbiter in cases like this. Community represent- representation. They think that there should be, and I tend to agree that there should be a. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I guess I'm kind of against. I don't know if I'm kind of against quotas, but I think that their point is that there would be a diverse police force representing the same diversity in the communities that they're working on to try to prevent these problems. Fine. But I think that uh, a caveat with that should be training people from within the community, create some kind of pipeline where people that grew up in the environment get to be the police that, you know what I mean? Like create some kind of opportunity. Cause if you just bring in, say it's predominantly uh, black and Hispanic or whatever it is, Asian community, Mm Yeah, it's fine if you're going to have that type of uh, those type of people on the force. But if you're just bringing them from other places where they yeah, don't have those types of experience, it's not exactly the same thing. Yeah. So I think there should be a pipeline probably from the community. But I think that that makes a lot of sense too. body cams. Film the police. Yes, definitely film the police. Don't zoom in. Like we always say when you're yes. filming, keep it zoomed out. Get a little closer if you can, but don't zoom in because that can always be done later. Yeah. Body cams, I think, is an important thing. And I think that has obviously shed light on a lot of stuff sandra bland uh, samuel debose all, oh, all this everything stuff, you know yeah training well yeah obviously the police should be trained more they're talking in terms of you know shooting in terms of uh diversity training you know a lot of this stuff i think that's important but i think a lot of that can be um accomplished through community representation mm-hmm. and for-profit policing yes now this one i don't get well this basically means if there's a budget gap well, you got to write more tickets this month. Oh, okay. The police are responsible for creating the amount of money that a, a certain town has, you know, over the course of a year. That's absurd because uh, Michael A. Woods Jr., the guy that I'm always talking about from Baltimore, mm-hmm. he said he eventually got switched to like a really nice, like upper class, mostly white neighborhood. There wasn't a lot of crime going on there, but he still had a quota for the amount of tickets that he had to write. So what did he do? He had to go to the shitty part of town and write, the tickets. And write tickets there. So, again, you're criminalizing yeah. people who are in a real bad situation to begin with 
when if there's no crime going on in the neighborhood he's policing that's what you no want tickets. yeah that's that right that's so he's, he's point. essentially being punished for doing well demilitarization obviously it's something we've talked about quite yes. a bit i think that's necessary and fair police union contracts where they're talking about different things like police can't be questioned until 48 hours after a shooting like officially questions yeah mm-hmm. right that seems to make a lot of sense it should be done uh, relatively after the uh, the event took place right and there and there should be you know you should be able to see the difference in what they're saying the second after the shooting 20 minutes after the shooting a day later you know mm-hmm. like okay so you got any thoughts about i mean to me that seems like pretty rational um and a, and a good place to start like that that is those are common sense reforms i think yeah it seems like a great place to start and we'll see if that will come to fruition yeah i mean i i like that they put something out that's good that's important that's not uh that's not radical i don't think what they're saying is radical i think we've talked about a lot of these things just in passing in a lot of these stories yep. on the podcast all right but who are they sending the policy to well, it's in the world. We see it. Politicians can see it. I think it's smart to put it out in an election year. I think. Uh, I, I I think it helps better when you like do an open letter that you actually. Well, that's what it is. I mean, they have a website who? set up, but they have a website set up. So if you want to know, you just go to blacklivesmatter.com and you can go read about it. That's okay. You know, I mean, I, I think. I, what do you want them to do? They could send. Excuse me. They could send it to. Oh no! Excuse me. It's joincampaignzero.org. That's where you can go to like okay. read more in depth about it. And, you know, probably get in touch with somebody. What do, you, what do you want them to do? They're putting it on a website. I think that they are getting, rightly or wrongly, they're showing up at, at uh, you know, campaign events mm-hmm. and trying to get on stage like we've talked about with Bernie Sanders. So they're, ma- they're getting attention. Maybe people will look into it. And I think those are, uh, those are rational. They talked to Hillary Clinton. We watched yes. the video of that. So, you know, if she wants policy, there's policy right there. Mm-hmm. How that gets enacted is up to the people that are in office. And that's, that's again, the trick is getting the right people yeah, in, in office, office. To, to actually represent this. But, you know, I have no problem with what they put out, and I actually uh, quite agree with all those points. I mean, I don't see what else you would do other than And that. we'll see who takes up the banner then. Yeah, we'll see. It's probably going to fucking be Bernie Sanders. I know? hope so. Um, all right. Caitlyn Jenner, real quick. Yes. Because I was debating, like, do I want to cover this? Yeah, we covered a lot of real shit on the show yes. today. So we can get into, like, some Caitlyn Jenner stuff, which I think is also real. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's not yeah. just about, you know... Who's uh, who makeup brand she uses, and then we're gonna get into a 2016 update. Fuck up of the week, and we'll end this uh, okay. this podcast. You got any good titles working there? Don't read them, but do you yes, have any good I have a working? few titles. I'm very proud of you. You're doing a good job today. But you normally take out my titles anyway. Well, you know what, folks? Listen, I, a lot of times they're not great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner on February 7th was driving quote at a speed unsafe for the prevailing road conditions and could face a vehicular manslaughter charge, which I think is interesting. This just came out. Mm-hmm. A vehicular manslaughter charge would carry a one year in county jail. And this happened back in February. Is that right? Yeah, she. Re- this is right. That seems like she- a long time ago. It does. This is while she was transitioning from Bruce to Caitlin. Oh, okay. Um, you know, and, and it's funny at the time when when she was doing that, it was perfectly okay to like make fun of her. Yeah. Make fun of Bruce being like, what is with this weirdo? And now she's Caitlin. So it's like, oh, she's untouchable. We can't say anything. She rear-ended a car on the Pacific Coast Highway, killing 69-year-old Kim Howe, who's a grandmother, mm. uh, when her car was hit head-on by a Hummer. So Caitlyn Jenner was pulling a tractor or something okay. like with her truck, rear-ended a car. That car hit a car in front of it, which shot it out into the opposite lane of traffic. And then a Hummer uh, head-on crashed with that car and killed okay. the woman. Um, that's what the problem is there. Yes. Now- it's going to be bizarre if this person goes to prison now. 
after all this, uh-huh. you know, attention and my money is on the fact that if it wasn't Caitlyn and a everyday person, you would not be hearing about this right now. You wouldn't I, be hearing about it, but it there'd would, be a it's, punishment. It's sad. No, I don't think it would be manslaughter, though. Of course it would. She killed somebody. I mean, her negligence killed someone. So if she doesn't get punished, the reason she's not getting punished is because she's a famous person. Okay. If you did it, you'd be in trouble for it. I think if that happened to me, everyone would understand it was an absolute mistake. But at a certain and, point... And you can't control a goddamn Hummer driving... Driving and hitting the uh, no, but the, the Hummer. Other car. No, but you're missing the point. It's a three car crash. Four she car was crash. she was pulling a trailer mm-hmm. that she was, and then was driving too fast to stop. Yeah. So she rear-ended a couple of cars, which directly led to a person getting killed. Kill. That's what she's liable of. Like, yeah, it's an accident, but it's an, an accident because she she was fucking around. She wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. She made a mistake. Granted, but yeah, you got to be punished. You killed somebody. If you did it, you'd be in trouble, Joey. I guarantee it. So you're going with that she's going to jail. No, I'm not going with that. I'm just saying it's interesting that they've charged her. It'll be wild if she does go to jail. I don't know. I probably not, right? She'll end up with community service. I'm really sorry. Like, to, to end this ride would be very bizarre. Well, they probably get her own several But she cards, deserves huh? it, I think, right? Like, why? Yeah, it sucks because if she's coming out, she's helping people that are trans and, you know, mm-hmm. she's a role model. Great and good for her that she's made this transition, but... You have to be a role yeah, model you, as well in this case. Yeah, you fucked up pretty bad. You killed somebody. You think you think the, the, the children and the grandchildren of that woman that's dead are like, well, look, she's living her, her real self now. Like, they hmm. don't care. They missed their grandmother. They fucking buried her in February. Yeah. Uh, this is another crazy thing. This is what I was alluding to before. That I I have had for a while, but it just didn't fit in. But now we're talking about Caitlyn Jenner. We might as well uh, really get into it. It's gross. Caitlyn Jenner's representatives asked ESPN to give her the Arthur Ashe uh, Courage Award in exchange for plugs on her show, I Am Kate. Oh, no, that came out. They also threatened to pull out of the 2020 uh, Diane Sawyer interview if they didn't get the award. Oh, ABC and ESPN are both owned by Disney, so you can see where the little collaboration would uh, yes. take place there. It's not disgusting. I think Walt would be really upset. No, Walt was a fucking Nazi, <laughs> like Nazi sympathizer. Uh, but anyway, but isn't that like disgusting? Like I've known about that for a little while, and I just didn't, you know. I had no idea. Yeah, it's like come on. So it, it taints it. It taints it. Like it does. T- it's good. It's good what she's doing. She's going to get plenty of coverage for that. But like to use it. That, that's what's gross about mm-hmm. it. And it's like, you know what? Go to jail now. Yeah. Not that she shouldn't have before, but it's like that just to me. It's like, you know what? There's ugliness under the beauty of her transition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's not a pure, totally pure thing. It's it's, yeah. it's gross, especially to give a fucking. There's plenty of people I'm sure that deserve the courage. Of work. Not that she didn't, but it's like they asked for it. There was no other option. Yeah, and that's why sometimes we don't put a camera on the metamorphosis. Oh, Camera on the metamorphosis. All yes. Right. I'm not sure if that really made sense, but I kind of <laughs> like the way it sounded. Um, all right. Let me, uh, let's just get to this 2016 update and then we can uh, finish up with your fuck up of the week. How's okay. that sound? Sounds fantastic. Bernie, burn baby, burn Sanders leads Hillary Clinton, leads Hillary Clinton 43.6 to 39.8 in a new New Hampshire poll. Can I clap? Sure. So excited. Yeah. You, you stepped on it. Yeah. Um, I can't step on myself. You did. <laughs> However, Hillary Clinton leads Bernie Sanders 54% to 20% in Iowa, 
which is the first caucus. So if she wins that, this this is the problem. Like, it's good that she's he's, you know, up in New Hampshire. I mean, good. It's nice that he's up in New Hampshire. It's good to see some competition there. I I like you can lose states. It's fine. But let me finish. New Hampshire is second. If he loses Iowa, Mm -hmm. that's going to dramatically swing. I think what's going on in New Hampshire. So unless he covers ground in Iowa, if she wins Iowa, it's again, it's like confirmation that yeah she's going to be the one like if, if he could make up a difference in iowa or if that got closer if she didn't like trounce him that's an ass kicking 54 to 20 like that would yeah. just be that's over if then then maybe if he tightens that up and it's pretty close five points something like that then you get to new hampshire and he went to new hampshire now it's a real race but yeah i i i, I, I said we just throw out the first one just pretend it's a fluke hillary won it's okay and uh we hit him so well, i continue one. on but i'm just saying yeah. uh, the odds are against him larry lessig our guy who's running uh, uh on the one policy uh idea which i really like mm-hmm. he was doing a reddit q a and this is what he had to say about bernie sanders which i just thought was interesting i want to keep putting the larry lessig stuff out there because i really like what he has to say sanders is great but he's running a campaign to win not to govern which I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, it's fucking August. What, what do you want him to do? Like, mm-hmm. he, he's been in politics for many, many years. Yes. He knows how to govern. Uh, but I just want to put this out there anyway. Like Obama, eight years ago, he's talking about the problem, but not giving us a plan for how it will be fixed. First, because if he doesn't address it first, then seriously, this is obvious, right? None of the things he's talking about will be possible. So why isn't he talking about it first? Because the consultants are telling him, Here's how you win a campaign. They don't care uh, if winning the campaign that way means you can't actually govern. I do care about whether we have a government that can govern. I'm offering a plan that might actually get us that. He's saying, yes. why isn't Bernie talking about getting money out of politics first and foremost and all the time? Okay. I mean, I'm just putting it out no. there. I, I don't know. Do you? Well, he, so he, uh, for him to do this, he said he had to raise a million dollars by Labor Day, right? Yeah. He's at 650000 or something. So he's got two weeks to do another four? Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's probably not going to raise it. That's the thing. But I like the, the premise He might not raise it. the money, but I like the, the issue that he yes. is raising. Uh, quickly, Joe Biden is considering a run and has reportedly met with Elizabeth Warren. I don't know what that's about, but maybe mm-hmm. they're going to just... That'd be fascinating if they ran as a ticket as opposed to just... You know, like if he came oh, out... Oh, Biden and said, Warren? Yeah, like if he yes. would come out and say I, I would be running for president, but a hundred percent I would be picking Elizabeth Warren as my running mate. That'd be that'd be interesting. That'd be formidable. When do they normally pick the the running mate? Later after they get the nomination, they do it. Uh, oh, really? They do it before the convention. You know, whenever that, whatever. There's like a whole process. I forget, but yeah, that would to. be interesting if he came out right from the gate with that. Yeah, why not? I mean, it'd be an interesting move because it seems again like Hillary's a runaway train. It's going to be hard to stop her. Um, yeah, just throw up everything. Yeah. All right. So I just want to put that out there. There's nothing more to it than that. We'll just keep our eye on if Biden gets in. If Biden gets in, it's going to hurt Hillary. I don't think it's going to stop her, but it's, you know, if anything, it would help probably the Republican side. I think a lot of people think of Biden as like a goofball, but if we'll, we'll see what happens. Donald Trump this week. Oh, yay. Uh, kicked reporter Jorge Ramos out of his press conference in Iowa. It's a 55 second clip. Would you like to just watch that? Real I quick? love clips. Quiet. I got to be honest. I, I don't. Trump's an asshole. We know that. Yes. We know he's got problems with Hispanic people, with the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Like Jorge Ramos does work at Univision. He is Mexican American. So you know why he's doing it. But I also, at the same time, don't really have a problem with the way that Trump went about it. Like if he doesn't want somebody to ask him a question, fine. There's clips of it. If you don't like that he did that, then keep that in mind next time you see him and, you know, detract a point from him. But yeah. I think he can do whatever he wants. Let's just play this clip. It's 55 seconds. This was uh, Jorge Ramos trying to ask Trump a question in a press conference in Iowa, and it just uh, didn't go well for Jorge Ramos. 
Oh, come on, you son of a bitch. Just play. Okay, who's uh, next? Yeah, please. Excuse me, sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. <laughs> I just, I got to say, I mean, he's such an asshole, but I, his tone makes me laugh. Yeah. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Go ahead. No, you don't. You haven't been called. Go back to Univision. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I don't know. If you can't see the humor in that, I mean, like, yeah, he's he's got issues with with. Yeah, the, he's speaking the, out of tone though. Yeah, he. Is. It's like it's. I get what he's doing, but it's annoying. I mean, Trump could have just been like, "What? What are you going to ask me?" But yeah, but this is him. This is why people are liking him yes. right now. And I just think it's go back to Univision. He's such a <laughs> shit. You know, something I was thinking about the other day. Mm-hmm. Hillary's from uh, not from New York. She's from Arkansas. Yes, but she was a senator in New York. She's lived in New York. Trump is from New York. Uh-huh. Bernie Sanders is from New York. It's kind of interesting to see that you know, these like East Coast personalities are really kind of dominating politics right now. Because a lot of times it's Midwest. Yeah. You're not going to be able to south. get somebody from the coast, really, right? It's kind of cool to see people from New York getting involved. Now, uh, you know, Hillary's not really from New York. No. But she's lived in Chappaqua. She was a senator from New York, you know. All right. You cannot deport 11 million Go ahead. Trump. You cannot deport 11 million people. You cannot Now his guy's coming over to... Sit down, please. You weren't called. Go. Yes, go ahead. I, uh, that's Jorge Ramos <laughs> Hi, of Univision. Yes. He's being escorted out of the room. He was asking a question. Uh, and Donald Trump no, I didn't call him. It's so, it's so goofy. You know, here's the thing. I get what Jorge Ramos is trying to do there, but he's probably doing himself a disservice. What are you doing? You're going to go there and be like, how are you going to deport 11 million people? He doesn't know how he's going to deport 11 million people. He's just saying stuff. He's not really running for president. Stop, stop being a silly goose. In two months, it's going to be over. So... And- I don't know what you're worried about. I like the way we Trump handled it. It's funny. We, we still have time for him to put out policy. The, let's let's see if it happens. Here's the, he's not really running. This is the thing. This uh-huh. this is the other side of the coin. Ramos, you know what he's doing. You know a lot of people on the left are going to be like, good for him for trying to do that. Trump's an asshole. Flip side, people that like Trump and are supporting him see that and they yeah, go, good, good for, for him. him. He's he's making him follow the rules. Fuck that guy. Go yeah, go back to Univision. You know, it's like you're not you're not helping anybody. Your best bet with Trump, mm-hmm. stop talking about him. If you really don't. Yeah like him if you disagree with his policies stop talking about him let the right wing talk about him all you want don't cover it like that makes cnn cover it yes that makes it a thing we're talking about it now you know you know what i mean that's entertaining ignore him and a lot of his power will be draining absolutely you're absolutely right uh he's like a witch or whatever you know if you you name him you know then he oh no no the more you believe in him right the stronger he gets i don't know i I fucked up it's like rumpelstiltskin or something I, i don't know uh, you're yes. gonna f- no, don't say yes. <laughs> uh, all right, you want to finish up with the uh, fuck up of the, the week? Fuck and then we'll up wrap of the, the week. Show up? Martinez, of uh, 50 years old, was hired in June. Martinez, yes, that's he goes by one name. He's like Sharon. I, I I couldn't find his first name. Plastic bread bag. And by the way, it's a fuck up of the week just to prove how insane the story really is. Uh-huh. He got a job uh, at 163 hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay, 163 thousand dollars a year. To be a, um, you told me. I, I know you're struggling. The superintendent yeah, of, the, of Albuquerque. Yeah, the superintendent of Albuquerque. Uh-huh. And it turns out that he was a registered uh, pedophile. Oh, and with this job, going around a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, and in this job, there was ninety five thousand students. Apparently, Mr. Martinez didn't submit a resume or cover letter, and has not been personally appointed 
by his superintendent, Luis Valentino. Okay. Who denies allegations that he was a pedophile. He was charged in Colorado back in 2013. Yeah, of course. Well, they're always like, no. With a know. young boy. It was a, With a young boy. Huh? Great. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's a fuck up of the week. So you're saying that Albuquerque probably shouldn't have hired this pedophile without reading his cover letter or yes. checking his resume or, or anything. maybe should have required or understand it. it. Yeah. How many times he's like fingered a child. Yeah. All right. Well, oh. you, you know what, folks? Oh. Listen, sometimes I say stuff. It just comes just comes off the top. Maybe I shouldn't say it. Um, oh, you know what? I'm such a dick, by the way. I was going to say at the top of the show, I was going to shout out our good friend, Mike Costume. I know he's watching the live stream. He's still today. watching. Thanks, Mike. Oh, is he? You know, he's not. No, he's no, no. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's still watching. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you for checking out the live stream button. If you guys want to check it out uh, again, labs live on dailymotion.com. Uh, good episode, Joey. I really enjoyed yes. this one. I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the comments, the interaction with all the Samsonites. Knights. Is there a nobody's on there? Nah. Oh, you bastard. No. Nah. Oh, fuck you, Joey. Um, all right, guys, listen. We're going to end the episode with a song we and Joey convened before the episode. We're going to play. This is a live version of the song One Big Holiday by the band My Morning Jacket. Uh, they did a live like DVD called uh, Oconicos, which I absolutely love. It's like one of my favorite um, you know, uh, concert documentaries, whatever. So anyway, it's a song called One Big Holiday live at Oconicos by My Morning Jacket. We'll end the show with that. It's a, it's a great one. I really like it. You can go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson and you can leave a comment on the track which i always respond to joey responds to them as well uh you can also subscribe follow us there we love that the uh subscriptions to the show are going up it's yes, phenomenal thank you guys dailymotion.com slash stand up new york labs like i mentioned you can watch the full version of uh every episode of the show you can also watch the live stream by going to uh, labs live you just search that you can send us an email mandatory samson at gmail.com i always respond to those if it's something uh relevant i will uh bring it up on the show in a lot of cases and we'll talk about it you can also get in touch with us on twitter my name is at man samp joey i'm joey from jersey with a z what perfect you can also donate like i mentioned you'll get some free mandatory samson podcast stickers standupnewyorklebs.com entertainment find the mandatory samson podcast logo click donate paypal only for now but who knows what could happen in the future no pressure you like the show, Joey? I love the show. I did too. Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let us know how you feel about it, and we will definitely talk to you next week. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>